It's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a football Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon. Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for giving us some of your time uh, here during the next two hours. Uh, BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We will start with Chris Williams, who covers Iowa State for Cyclone Fanatic and Iowa Everywhere. 11-15, Chris Williams will join us. By the way, uh, the Big uh, Big 12 put out their uh, first poll of the year. Iowa State picks seventh basketball-wise behind Kansas. <laughs> Who didn't get all the first place votes, believe it or not. Houston got a couple. Houston's good. I guess. I mean, to steal a couple of votes from Kansas. Anyways, uh, we'll talk to Chris Williams about that. Of course, football uh, on the front burner as Iowa State heads to Cincinnati uh, for the first time. A big, big spot for the Clones as they try to... Um, and it would be miraculously, I believe it would be, the way that the um, cards were dealt early in the year in a young football team and dot, dot, dot. But uh, maybe they're putting it together. We'll see if they can take that next step. So uh, it's 11.35. Mike Palm will join us off to Vegas. We shall go. How about the number? Ten and a half last night. Mm-hmm. Game ends at 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what side A late you? field goal. A late field goal. So my, I used my theory yesterday. I had Denver plus three and a half in the first quarter. Winner. Plus seven and a half first half loser. So we just pushed Split, around some money yeah, last yeah, night yeah. on that one, and they were both juiced a little bit. But I thought I had the right read of the game. I mean, it kind of played out in the fashion that I anticipated. But boy, I mean, until that touchdown drive and the miraculous catch by oh, Sutton, Sutton, yeah, that was hideous. That that's the most Broncos that I've seen this year. <laughs> They're bad, aren't they? Boy, now I know what you're talking about. You. That team sucks. They're pathetic, Trent. Absolutely pathetic. Jerry Judy doesn't want to be there. Look, the defense actually played well last night, mm-hmm. all things considered, because they've been horrific. Russell Wilson, who hasn't been the problem, yeah, it was the problem last night. So things are back to normal in Denver at 1-5 and five and headed towards, fingers crossed, baby. The number six pick. That'll be a good spot. Yeah, for. wouldn't it be? The number six. They'll mess good. around. They'll win their last three, and they'll pick 12. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, so Mike Palm's going to be here. Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football to kick off our number two. Then Tom Kakert on the Hawks as they get set to head to Madison for that collision at uh, 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. That is a Fox Sports game. That will be called by Jason Benetti, our picks, before we get out of here just before 1 o'clock. So the Phillies move on. The Braves have gone home. Uh, the um, buy was not good for any of those teams that uh, that found a way to get it with the exception of the Astros. Did the Astros get the buy? Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. won. Yeah, they won the division. They yep. did. Yep, uh, that's right. On the last day of the regular mm-hmm. season, um, so th- they were. And the were able one. to set their rotation, but apparently that's not a big deal to some people. I guess. Uh, I just the continued whining. Yes, and it has been. It's been. There's been it's, a ton of it. I, I don't recall this being the case last year. No, Braves fans knock it off. Uh-huh. Dodger fans, you got beat. Yeah, but Dodger fans got embarrassed. You got club. Braves fans at least put a Braves put up a pulse. An aggregate six one. Stop the complaining. Yeah. Stop Can't. the complaining. Be better. Yep. That, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, so baseball, we're down to our final four Sunday night. If you're not into the football game, and boy, Yeesh. oh boy, you got to be a real fan of Sunday night football. Sean Roberts watch. will be watching. I know he will, but I think I got his attention. I reminded him that the ALCS starts on Sunday night. <laughs> so maybe, just maybe, uh, he'll go away from 
you know, watching what I think is the inevitable. Daniel Jones isn't going to play. Taylor's backup's been in the league forever. Will. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's got to be smarting after they got embarrassed across the pond. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, 15 AL, now the number. Is it 15? What's that? When Deshaun Watson is, is has been ruled out, and he yes. has, what's the Cleveland-San Fran number? Because that game's got my attention. It's up to 10 now. Bang. Mm. Good. All right, Mr. 5-0 and last week. Yep. You're ready to roll, huh? Oh, well, in that game, that's about the only one. I like Cleveland. You're 22-8 and on the year. That's. Are you sure? Against the spread. I it All documented. It's all in the notebook. Yeah. I've never had a start like that, Trent. I never have. Uh, we'll see if we can I'm keep I'm fighting it going. for 500. You're, are you, over you're here. not even 500. I'm, I'm right at 500, okay. yeah. I am I was say, that kissing like my sister you. 15 and 15. <sighs> but I'm seeing it well. 11 and 3 in college last week. I'm starting to round in form. I'm so starting you're, to feel, you're, I'm, you're giving I'm me a heads up that the big train's starting to get rolling. Choo choo. Okay. Choo choo. Uh, where are you going to be tonight? I know that you wanted to be at Southeast Polk Dowling. Yes. And th- unfortunately, they could, the new stadium couldn't accommodate you over at SCP. So where did you end up going? Uh, one note on that front. Uh, initially, both myself and Mark Amadeo and the Catholic Radio Network, who covers all the Dowling games, we're not going to have a spot. Yeah. Uh, Tom Wilson, the Dowling football coach, made it and work. And still the AD, too, yes. correct? Yep. Made it work where Mark will be able to call the game Good. in the coach's box at SCP. That? Build a new stadium. Can't you make yeah. a little better pre- that that aside, but well, the fact that the, the Dowling could because they broadcast every one every, of their games, one, yeah. haven't they? Always been doing this forever, decades. Yes, right. literally decades. A good guy too. I yes. like Mark. Hoping away, yep. they're there and they didn't have a spot. But Tom Wilson made it work. They're going to find a spot for them in the coach's booth and they're going to do it there. Probably don't want to have that crowd mic up too high. No. <laughs> Might catch a couple extra, couple of stray words yeah. in the coach's box, but good for them, and, and I'm happy that there will be radio coverage of the be. game. But no room for me, so I'm going to go check out the new stadium, the new Mediacom oh, Stadium. okay, yeah. Lincoln's hosting Marshalltown. Uh-huh. Lincoln still has a path to the playoffs, mm-hmm. obviously. They got off to a good win. start, did they They did, not? yeah. Right. The really rails. good ground attack, so I'm excited to see the rail splitters and get a look at them and get a look at the new stadium. So yeah. that'll be what we have tonight. Is it? Is it uh, from where I sit? Um, Divisive is not the right word, but there's certainly a lot of opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I'm torn. I, I, I try to put myself back as, as a high school football player, mm-hmm. and 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 I'll just for myself for the sake of this argument, I grew up in that area, and I went. Uh, Lincoln, Lincoln yeah. games. I went to what's their stadium? Is it McGrain? Yeah, I went to McGrain, and I used to. I like McGrain Stadium, by the I way. I like that end zone, the deep end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went there as a little kid, and I dreamt that one day I'm going to be old Walked enough to, to the game. Yes, couldn't wait. And you know, I'd be in second grade, and then third. I'm getting closer, and I'm playing football. And one of these years, my I'm going to play at McGrain Stadium. And now they don't. And now they don't. Um, and it's a beautiful stadium. It's a the new, new stadium yeah. or McGrain is, yeah. The, the new stadium, yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. McGrain, I called the game there a couple of years ago. It's rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's rough. Yeah. And there are parts of the stadium that are dangerous. There are areas of the field that are dangerous. You had a track back behind it. Yep. There's like a jump pit for long jump. Mm-hmm. It's there's there's dangerous areas mm-hmm. for it. You're gonna play at a new stadium, but that community aspect that's there's something important. to be said for that, yeah. right? And you think of the student sections that we see. Will they travel? And now they have to bus. Yeah. Another good... component. Yeah. So my wife works for Des Moines Schools and works on the South Side and Elementary School there. And one of the things that the city has kind of asked is to keep kids away from the bus area, the city bus area. They've had some problems down there. Okay. 
Well, the only way to get to the game if you don't have a car is by bus. Is to take the city bus. Right. So, and you're talking about getting back 9 30, 10 o'clock, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what the city mm-hmm. wants to stay away from. Sure. So, there are plenty of hurdles. And just hopping on a bus with your friend, a little bit different than just walking up the street and going mm-hmm. to a ball game, right? And yep. going to your high school game. Yep. There are pluses and negatives. There's no doubt about it on each side here. I hope the stadium works. I hope the kids enjoy playing in an environment too. like that. I do too. I hope eventually it works. And there will be some normalcy. That'll eventually get there, but but change is difficult. It is. It is, and I've heard a ton of blowback, Trent. I've heard a ton of blowback. I look. I am. Um, you'll be there. I'm anxious to you know yeah. talk Monday or Tuesday. We get around to uh, you know just to get uh, your take on on what you saw. Uh, anyways, uh, we saw bad football last night. We saw good baseball. What are we going to see this weekend amongst the two locals? Before that, stand by for news. Wow, how about that? Uh, breaking news, as we've mentioned, if you have a Claxons gift certificate, <laughs> yes, make sure you yeah. get that. Used up by Sunday as Andy is retiring. Claxons has yep. been sold, and who knows when it reopens, what the name is. It might not even be a restaurant. Right, absolutely. Right. So I think it is. I kind of got a little feel that it's going to be, but nothing. there's no right. ink on paper. But Claxons, as we know it, yep. is no more. And because of that, that means if you've won one of those gift certificates, make sure to use it by Sunday mm-hmm. and you're a chance to cash in. A new sponsor. Now, this is news to me. Breaking news. Dave Anders and the Chicken Coop have jumped aboard. Way to go, Dave. Through next football season, yep, they will be our presenting sponsor. On a weekly basis? On a weekly basis. How That's about this? Great. Yes. First place, a $40 gift certificate that? and 20 wings for second place each and every week. Man, I might I might forego the... Well, I can buy a lot of wings with 40 bucks. His yeah. wings are so good. They are excellent. Boy, we had fun with Dave and we were... When was it? August, right? In yeah. Vegas with August. Yeah. His son who just turned 21 years... Boy, was he messed up. <laughs> he was. He had a good time. <laughs> he put the fun meter in the red zone, man. <laughs> oh, he had a blast. He had We a, all did. Yeah, no, we absolutely all did. But uh, it was good to see. I mean, being 21 years old and celebrating in Vegas, that would be a pretty... Especially with Pops. Yes, absolutely. You Chicken know? Coop, three locations, Anchor. Urbandale and West Des Moines. Thank you, Dave. Our new presenting sponsor of our pick segment Thursday during football season, Fridays during the football uh, season. That's awesome. That that's that's really good. Uh, that's um, I'm happy, Trent. That's good news. I had to duck out a little bit yesterday, uh, early yesterday, so this was news to me uh, as everybody learned it uh, at at this time. All right, Chris Williams is coming up. We'll get to Chris here. Oh, in a few minutes, uh, we'll talk Iowa State and Cincinnati. Iowa State picks seventh in the uh, men's uh, preseason. I'm not sure if it's a media poll or what it is. We'll find out from Chris. And there is other high school news uh, that we'll get to at at some point. Tyrone Tyler, the head coach of East Football, has resigned, which I, I mean, this, the, the team, they're struggling. They're 0-7, but to resign at this point is is kind of a um, somewhat of a head-scratcher, right? I mean, couldn't wait two more games, or was there something behind it? Was he pushed? Uh, no details yet, um, which you know leaves, unfortunately, to speculate, but it's just the timing. Trent, what do you make of this? Tyrone Tyler resigns uh, at East. Uh, they're off to an 0-7 start, but, heck, there's only two weeks left. Right. And why, why, why not you know, push on through? Normally, when you see something like this, your mind races to something negative, something nefarious. To. Right. And from what I've heard, that's not the case. Well, that's good. I'm yes. glad. Yeah. From what I have heard, it is more the... On one hand, I'm glad. On mm-hmm. the other hand, stick it out. It's the administration and 
Coach Tyler, not seeing eye to eye on things. And okay. what it's going to take to make East a winner again, those kind of things. Well, they weren't going to win this year. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But just going forward. Yeah. And it's a difficult slog. It's difficult to get up there. And we've seen East have some good teams and, and be able to at least compete. We've seen basically all the city schools at some point you know, at least have some solid football Well, teams. when I was in this chair on Friday night, of the city schools, East was the bell cow. Oh, were they? Yeah. Yes. And Lincoln had that run Lincoln with, was with good Mahalovich. with Mahalovich, yep. yeah. They had really, yep. what, Jordan Bernstein, and yeah. they, they had some Adam uh, Robinson. Uh, Robinson, yeah. yeah. They had some dudes there, too. So everybody's had those little pockets, but the sustainability, that's what you continue mm-hmm. to wonder about is, is getting it. Because you got to start at the ground floor. I mean, speaking of Dowling a little bit earlier, Southeast Polk, those programs start when those kids are young. Yep. I mean, they're playing tackle football yep. early, and it starts in third, fourth grade. These kids are getting going and, and getting out there. That's what you have to do. It's a difficult climb. And if you don't see eye-to-eye with your athletic director or just the administration in general, it's difficult because you got to mm-hmm. do some things. you got to put work in, and they also have to invest on the other side. And that's not always the easiest thing. No, either. you're 100% right, but it's just unfortunate that the adults – you know, couldn't come to somewhat of an understanding to let's just finish the season right. and then go in a different direction. Yep. I mean, isn't life's lessons part of sticking it out and, mm-hmm. and not quitting? And um, and again, if if Tyler felt, Coach Tyler felt that he had no choice, um, the adults in the room, come on, put your heads together, f- figure this out. There's tonight and there's next week. And then the curtain comes uh, down. All right, Chris Williams. Uh, coming up, Cyclone Fanatic and Iowa Everywhere will pick Chris's brain on Cincinnati. The the thing that uh, worries maybe not oh, not the right phrase, um, but the Bearcats have a dual threat quarterback, and that seemingly is the type of quarterback that in the past has given Iowa State fists. And this kid Jones, Emory Jones, even this is sixth year. This is third stop, Fort Florida. Last year in uh, Tempe at Arizona State, and now to finish it up at Cincinnati. Uh, let's get Chris in here. Chris, Trent and Ken, thank you. Chris Williams, Cyclone Fanatic, and Iowa Everywhere. How are you? Great, guys. What's going on? Good to talk to you, Chris. How do you feel about this game tomorrow, 11 o'clock, uh, Cincinnati and Iowa State? Have you watched much of Cincinnati? Yeah, I actually have. I did quite a bit early in the week. Um, really good front four on defense. I mean, I, I think they may have the second-best defensive line in the Big 12. Well, that's debatable, but they're definitely third. Um, and I, I just heard you talking about Jones. I mean, that he, he'll he give and he'll take, you know. Okay. Uh, he's, he's the type of guy who, if you get him in third and long, you can definitely pick him off. But he's also the type, and we saw Iowa State have problems with this last week, where he'll extend plays because he's so athletic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, second in the team in rushing, leads him in rushing touchdowns. And, um, yeah, they're a good running team. So they're a good running team, and they stop the run. That would be the, the scout on them, and you're looking at 30-mile-per-hour winds tomorrow. Oh, rain. So I think it definitely probably, from that aspect, plays into Cincinnati. But, you know, I, I went into last week. I thought Iowa State had a better chance to win this game than to beat TCU. Hmm. And, you know, nothing I saw last week should really change my – opinion on that is Cincinnati was off and Iowa State looked as good as it had in a long time so we'll see um and you know there's just that whole aspect to you know that West Virginia lost last night that was the first (laughs) newcomers winning against an actual like legacy type big 12 team so I mean up until last night 
Iowa State has that going for it as well. Yeah, that game last night. I was uh, texting Ken. Ugh. I know he was locked and loaded with his Broncos. Well, that and I have trouble changing from the di- right, from the right. You got to hit the input. input. Yeah, yeah you're, you're flipping yeah. back and forth. It's difficult. I was Old over there. Man problems, Chris. Now I also had a ticket on Houston plus the three, so that's the reason I was a little more <laughs> nice. invested in that game uh, last night. Has already had well, my we wagers. Were opposite Trent. I was feeling pretty good with uh, twelve seconds to go. You should have been. <laughs> Well, and with 30 seconds to go, I was feeling great, too. I mean, Garrett yeah. Gray's chucking the ball down the field like you just need a field goal to tie it. What are you doing? And then the tight end breaks the tackle and is up. And, yeah, I thought I was sunk until the final play. But that aside, so we look at the matchup and the importance here of bowl eligibility. I mean, it just can't be overstated. At minimum, you have to win one of these next two road games. And I kind of feel like they need to win both of them. Do you see it the same way, Chris? Well, I mean, I, I certainly think that they're great opportunities. Um, you know, one thing with these Campbell teams, I've, I've kind of learned to just to do with the absolutes because they'll go out and like they'll just win a game that you have no idea is coming every once in a while. I don't think they can beat Texas. Let's let's wait right. and see on Kansas State. You know, maybe I mean that's a hard place to win, but I don't. You know, based what I've seen from them, I'm not sure I count it as like an automatic loss mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, but you know, you've got a great with. A, t- a team I-, I played Cincinnati under, and like they just had so many new guys, and everything was new. Like I feel like I understand why the number was the way it was. Like I actually, it's exactly the number I had. I, I said, "What was it, Chris? Do you remember?" Four and a half is okay. what came out. Right, and I, I get it, um, but I also I think that Iowa State's a lot better than what it was three weeks ago. And I also think that I don't I don't I don't know that about Cincinnati. You know, like they they started off really hot and they've lost three in a row and they, you know, they lost to Miami of Ohio in the same mm-hmm. stadium. You know, so I, part of me thinks too, like with this Emory Jones, he's he's you know he's a six year guy, so you're not going to trick him too much. But I also just wonder, like this is kind of the type of guy that Haycock's defense was built for. So it's not a terrible matchup in in that sense for Iowa State, and I love the fact that Verdone's back and healthy. Yep, Iowa State's defense was, to be honest, like they, it was one of the worst tackling campaigns I'd ever seen in the first half last week. But when I went back and watched the film, guys, they really weren't far off. It was just that quarterback for TCU made some really good plays. You know, they they had him dead to rights a couple times, and and that kid you know, kept escaping. So that, that worries me about it. It also, it made me feel a little bit better because they, they cleaned it up. Second half was back to like a normal John Haycock defense. And that's really what I'm interested in. I think that the offense is moving in the right direction. Iowa State. I really do. I, which is crazy. If you would have told, said three weeks ago, we would be having this conversation, but their offensive line is playing without a doubt football that we've seen in a really long time. Yep. You're finally seeing some running backs develop. And I think they've got a pretty good quarterback in Rocco Beck. So, like, to me, you know, what are you going to get from this defense? What do you take from last week? That's the big question here. And I think I think power ratings are all screwed up for Iowa State, guys, because that these power ratings go back a little bit, and they are used to an Iowa State style that is completely different than what you're seeing now. They're used to a top 15 defense, which this is not. They're used to a bottom 30 offense, which this is not. 
And I, I truly think the books are confused on what to do with Iowa State at this point. Hmm. Uh, your point to the offensive line, Chris, I couldn't agree with you more. And this was a uh, this was a, a unit that they were okay in pass pro, but they just couldn't. There was nothing there for the running backs until the last couple of weeks. What changed, or was it simply um, you know games and 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 getting playing time in Clanton's system that the light bulb finally went on because it's different. I think it's definitely that that they. You know, we probably, um, as media and fans, probably sat there and expected too much too early mm-hmm. from a totally different, like, Just because scheme. we heard it, so much about it, Chris. It, Ryan Clanton yeah, this, yeah, Ryan absolutely. Clanton that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, and his results prior to Iowa State speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. You go, you follow him around. I mean, he's created pros and all-conference guys everywhere he's ever been, even before you and I. So... We probably expected too much too soon, and I'll I will go to my grave and I am an air raid purist and like, but damn it, guys, when the defense doesn't know what's coming, it makes your job as a lineman a hell of a lot easier. And the fact is, those first few games, you knew exactly what Iowa State was trying to do. All you had to defend was that little box, and they were not going anywhere else. Well, now every week. You've got eight to nine guys catching the football somewhere. They've spread this thing out, and all of a sudden, you know, safeties have to respect the pass. They're backing up. And I'll be God, the the, the run game has opened up a little bit. And I, I think it's truly the players are not different, right, on the offensive line. And, yes, they have that time. But, man, I think it's a lot tougher to sit there and game plan against Iowa State when you know they're not just going to keep it inside that box, and that's got to make your life easier as a lineman, too, I would think. Is the top two now Eli Sanders and Abu Sama? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I would keep Norton out of that mix. I mean, he, he wasn't bad last week. He just didn't. I, I think what you're going to have is I, I think it's really smart to keep Sama on a little bit of a you know, pitch count, kind mm-hmm. of. And the reason, the reason I say that is because it keeps his explosiveness. And that's what he's shown you mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. I, I would just wonder if, you know, Norton, because he's kind of the bruiser out there, sure. you know, softening these defenses up a little bit. And he he's getting more carries than anyone else, guys. Now, they're not – he's not breaking 50-yard runs like we've seen from Sama and Sanders. But I think those are your more explosive guys. But I think I'd be careful about not considering Norton in there because I think he has a place in that too. And I think, I mean, I think Sanders is the most complete back of the three. And as he's gotten healthy, I think you're going to continue to see more and more of him. But, yeah, I, I just, I would be really cautious, Trent, about not putting Norton in the mix. Because I think that while it's not as sexy as the other two roles, I think it's an important one nonetheless. Yeah, Norton reminds me of Williams from the Broncos. Same kind of size. It's just really tough to get on the ground. Usually going to pick up an extra yard or two after contract. I'll tell you, Chris, and you didn't mention his name, and we haven't seen a ton of him, but this Carson Hansen, when he gets in there, he doesn't look out of place. He's my favorite prospect that they have. All right. I've, I've been telling guys in the press box every week when he catches a pass or does whatever, that's the guy I would buy stock in. Mm-hmm. There was actually a consideration of moving him to wide receiver. That's how athletic they think that he is. Mm. Um, and I, I just think – all I know is this. They have been very deliberate to get him the ball. In, in certain – like he's not getting a ton of touches, 
but in every game they have been deliberate to put him in situations where he is getting reps. And what that tells me is in the portal era, you want to keep this guy happy. You want to keep yep. you, you really you really believe in him. And I and I do know during camp they're just like blown away with his athleticism. And they thought, you know, he could even be in that Jalen Knoll type role. He reminds me of like a Percy Harvin type, that type of a player where you can line him up in the slot, you can line him up in running back, a little bit of Christian McCaffrey, that type of guy, what he did at Stanford. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of that kid. I think that he's got a bright future, but I think it's more, you know, what does the roster need from him and and let him keep developing and, and see where he can fit. Because I, I, I do, like, I, I would actually, with Sama there, with the way that they're running backs, like, I wouldn't be shocked if he's like a slot-type receiver next year that you could do more type of that stuff with. I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route because I think he's going to be so good that you're going to have to find a way to get him on the field. Before we let you go, want to talk about the basketball team, men's basketball media day early in the week. Uh, really, but I know you like numbers like I do. You like to look at some of the analytics Ken Pomeroy's site is obviously the gold standard as it pertains to college basketball. Another good one, though, is Bart Torvik. His preseason rankings has Iowa State 50th. I was shocked by that. For comparison, <laughs> Iowa 46. I mean, what? I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think this is a fringe top 25 team, but where are you? What's your expectations for the Cyclone basketball team? I'm right there with you. Somebody asked me the other day, do you think they'll be in the top 25? And I said no. Uh, because I just think there's there's too many unknowns. So you got to remember the people voting on these polls don't they're not they don't follow these teams as closely as we do. So they don't know, you know they don't know about these transfers they got and that type of stuff. It's just the reality. So having said that, I do know that of the three guards, there's not been a bust. Okay, and the Buffalo kid Jones mm-hmm. has been you know the best three point shooter on the team the entire summer. So that's that's a huge plus. Otzelberger told me earlier in the week on our podcast that Taman Lipsy during scrimmages has been shooting 38% from three. Take that. Now, like, does that carry over to real sure. games? I don't know. Even if it's 33%, though, I think you take that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you have to defend him, unlike last yeah, year, right? Right, yeah. So, like, the, you, uh, let's go to their front line real quick, where – I mean, you basically don't even count Baloo and Montilovich yet, okay? And you've got three dudes that are like 23, 24 years old. I don't even care how good they are. Like, that's meaningful in 2023 in the world of college basketball because they're grown-ass They're men, yeah. Yeah, like that's that's exactly what Otzel Ball or whatever you want to call it is supposed to be. Then you add in Omaha Baloo and Milan Montilovich, and you've got these high-end prospects that you haven't seen really ever. Uh, I mean, you, you had Craig Brackens, you had Royce White. Um, you got two of them now at the same time. And I, listen, like, there's no reason why they can't be a top 15 team at some point during the year. But I also think it's a much younger team. So, you know, we kind of have this expectation now of these Otzelberger teams that they're just going to go to these Thanksgiving tournaments and they're going to beat number one North Carolina and they're going to win and Brooklyn and you know like they're going to knock off Xavier right I don't know if that'll be the case with this team but I do believe when March rolls around you know unless something crazy happens like the amount of talent and like you know you factor in injuries and stuff but I think this team has a much higher upside like those two teams the last two years sure the one went to the sweet 16 but god like nobody really thought that that team could potentially make a final four run 
All I'm saying is that this team has the talent to be able to potentially do that in March. For the last two teams, has not been the case. So they, they've definitely added talent. Uh, now, you know, can they keep that that edge that they've had as like these gritty underdogs that everybody's told us we suck and we score 50 points a game? Well, it's not going to be that way anymore. Can you still bring that edge? And I, I'm fascinated to see what it looks like, though, because I, again, like I, I was watching Omaha just take some reps the other day, and like I never seen anything like that in that gym. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> really. Yeah, he's, you know, and he was sitting there just working on, like, you know, just standard drills. Like, he's not out shooting threes. Like, they're beating him up down there, the scout team. He's a really hard worker. I think that he is going to have a shot to be a first-round pick, but I think that – I'll tell you what, you, you guys remember this right now. I think that regardless of what Omaha does, he can go be a lottery pick, whatever. This Momchilovich will be the guy who's, like, the next 10-year sure thing for Iowa State. I, I think he – Whenever he decides to go, he's going to stand in the corner, shoot threes, and make a ton of money playing NBA basketball for a long time. Like He's the can't-miss guy, in my opinion. Clip and save, and we've done so. Hey, in uh, 10 seconds, Chris, who's your best bet this weekend? Uh, I, I went South Carolina. I like them, too. Coming I like off them the pie, Graham Mertz, SEC, mm-hmm. um, and I watch a lot of South Carolina. They've they played like the hardest schedule in the country. So far, I think they're probably undervalued. So I, I really like South Carolina. That's what I and for what it's worth, I know he's coming up next. Uh, Palm, that's one of Palm's picks too. So we're all Ooh. in the same boat here. Nice, nice, nice. I better go yeah. the other way. Uh, good <laughs> stuff. Yeah, good thing. Fade it now. Uh, Cyclone fanatic and I way everywhere. Chris Williams joins us this time every Friday. Chris, thanks, brother. Have a good week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. See good, yep, good to talk to you. Chris Williams on Iowa State. So scratch South Carolina off. Oh yeah, you don't like that. I Too many don't. people on it. Jesus. Know what I like? Who? Trying to get some people some money. Oh, I see what you're doing. Keyword is bank. KXNO.com. The keyword is bank. Bank at KXNO.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mike Palm next, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's head to Las Vegas, VP of Operations, Mike Palm Circus Sports. Spent last week in Illinois where they uh, cut the ribbons. Sports wagering via Circa now available uh, in our uh, neighboring state to the east, Illinois. Mike, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Mike Palm? Good. How are you guys? Doing well and anxious to talk about Thursday night football. Not not the game per se because it stunk, but the number uh, landed at ten and a half, and of course the game lands at eleven. Uh, what side? Uh, what side were you guys on last night, or did it matter to Circa? It didn't. We lost to the total. Um, the side decision wasn't much for us. A small loser. More more on the total that was bet down. Um, so. You know, and we, but we won in Colorado, so it, overall we made a small, small loser on it. The uh, flip back and forth 
it's a small game, though it was a Big 12 game. It didn't feel like one with Houston yeah, really. and West Virginia. So you get the late touchdown by West Virginia. Not only do they take the lead, but they also cover. And then comes back to the other side. Was that any kind of decision for you guys at Circa? Um, it was a good decision. We needed um, Houston. It looked like it was going to be a pretty bad beat, you know, fourth and ten. And they mm-hmm. ended up giving up a touchdown there. I was looking at the end game, actually, when it was like uh, – when, <clears throat> excuse me, West Virginia got the first down near midfield. I was looking at the end game. It was uh, it, it was still a plus three dollars on West Virginia, and then when it got to be fourth and ten, it was like you, you got eight plus eight fifty. And wow. think of people that had any part of those numbers on that last drive, and then the beat on the hail mary. So. Um, that result was decent for us. Now, what was it like? In the, I'm not sure you were there last night, but you've got the Chiefs oh, who needed needed the field goal. Uh, you've yeah. got the Big 12 game that you mentioned, the back and forth, yeah. the craziness there. The yeah. uh, the uh, uh, Philadelphia Braves game was really yeah. entertaining. Must have been a pretty cool night. Oh, it was great. It was packed. Um, there wasn't a booth open. About 80% of the bleacher seats uh, were occupied. You know, just between Thursday night, last night, and Monday night, it's amazing how much better the baseball product was than the NFL product. Yeah, no, nope, you're 100 percent right. And now we're down to four, Mike. Uh, Mike Palm, uh, is there a team that um, yeah. that you guys are upside down on as far as a future one. ticket? Only one, uh, and it's Houston. Um, we make a small loser to them in the AL, but a big loser to them for the World Series. But the rest of the results are all good. Even if Atlanta would have won, was a decent result. Best result for us would be. Um, Texas against Arizona, and it really wouldn't matter who wins. Virtually no one has those tickets, uh, a few tickets on Texas to the American League. But uh, it's better to win to that than to lose small to Houston. So, uh, And Arizona, not bad at all. There's a couple Philly tickets at uh, like 18 to 1, 15 to 1. But they're good results. All we have to do is fade the Astros. Pay the Astros. Well, I'm one of those people that has an Astros ticket, so hoping for me, not for you guys on this one. Mike, with that, uh, baseball overall, your general thought, You know, the lines become so tight. The futures are, you're not going to get a whole lot of profit, obviously, that you could in the past here. Do you like any kind of future play or anything with these particular series coming up? Well, so I'll give you, no, but I, let's t- talk about a betting lesson, because okay, remember when we did our uh, summer Invitational, Derek and I had mm-hmm. the 10-player blackjack tournament. Mm-hmm. Derek actually has the National League because nobody uh, took Philadelphia or um, Arizona out of those 10. So uh, Mitch in the second position with a $7,000 pick took Houston at 12-1. to 1. He would get 91000 back on that ticket. He also has, in real life, tickets to win 7500 on Texas for the American League and to win 7500 on Texas for the World Series, which were $500, $300 bets. He's looking at 91000 if the Astros win. And, and so the question is, how does he play this if he wants to hedge it? Right. I told, I told him to bet, you know, and get the best price you can in the market on the Astros. I, don't, I think you can find plus 120 or on Texas. I think you can find close to plus 120 for the series because they bet up Houston a little bit. I told him I would bet an additional 12500 on Texas to win that series, to win the American League. And your worst-case scenario is if Texas wins, then you're picking up 22000 and you could win another 
uh, 7,500 in the World Series or however you mm-hmm. want to do that, lock up 3,500. But the, the worst case scenario probably is you win 25,000, right? I would if like that lose, kind. If, but if you lose with that bet, you're now in 13,500 or pay out 91,000. I would then come back and bet 40,000 on whoever the National League team is. Mm-hmm. And if it's, if it's you know, with, with Houston, the National League team, Philly's probably going to be close to a pick, and you're going to get a big plus on yep. Arizona, right? Yep. 140, 150, and you might get plus 110, 120 on Philadelphia. You can come back and bet 35,000, 30, whatever. And so you're either going to win 27. The worst case scenario is like win 26,000 or win, or win 50, or win, you know, 41, 40,000, 20, 39, depending on what the juice is on those series. But I think you can lock up 27,000 with that theory. It's interesting. It's great. Uh, he bets different uh, differently than Trent and I do, but nonetheless. <laughs> so uh, who do you like, Mike? Who do you think will play for the World Series? Well, I like Philadelphia. You know, I bet them at 35-1 to 1 in early June. Um, but, uh, when Harper was just coming back, you know, they had so many injuries. My theory was, um, look, the bullpen is so much better than it was last year. Um, that And they made the World Series last year, and the price was just too high. So... I, I like Philadelphia a lot, and it was huge they won last night because now they set up Wheeler-Nola games one right. and two in Philadelphia Monday, Tuesday. The other series is really a toss-up to me. I mean, Bruce Bochy, I, I, I think he's 43-15 and 15 Jesus. since he left San Diego, and, and so with the Giants and Texas in the play, I mean, it's ridiculous. Totally. Of course, he won three World Series every other year there when they, right. when they made it. But he just does all the right moves. To me, I think... You know, Montgomery's been so good, mm-hmm. um, but he got roughed up a little bit by Baltimore. He's got a choice Sunday. He could go with Montgomery on six days rest, or he could even come back with a Voldy, who's been sharp all year and sharp both starts in the playoffs on four days rest. The problem for Houston, and I think they have a big problem, is Framber Valdez, who you know is our guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Framber Valdez is yep. our guy. He can't get through three innings without throwing 80 pitches, Kenny. I mean, I it's ridiculous. I wish they. I wanted somebody to put up a prop before the playoffs started. Would Framber Valdez complete five innings in any game? You'd have got a plus price on the no, but I think that's going to hit. So I lean a little bit Texas in that series, but it's tough to count Houston out seven straight American League championship series. I think that's going to be a long, long six or seven game series. I think Philadelphia gets there. I would bet Philadelphia in in six or less, even five or less. Mike, speaking of that and Valdez not being able to go deep, I have found some success here this playoffs of betting outs recorded by pitchers. Uh, going back to the last game with the Twins, which turned out to be a bullpen game. Well, I'm a Twins fan. I was reading up. I knew that was the plan. And I found uh, I found Joe Ryan at, I think his over-under was 14 and a half outs, something like that. There was no way he was going to get through the fifth inning. It feels like this is a, a prop that hasn't quite caught up. Do you are you guys seeing that? Do you guys have that prop up in your guys' market at Circa? So so we only put it up starting with the playoffs. But you know, many books do it on every game of the mm-hmm. major league baseball season and in other states other states other than Nevada, it's a very popular bet. Hmm. Derek's sitting there uh not yesterday but the day before and he and he's watching the Illinois kicker, he goes, What? All these people are betting number of outs recorded. I said it's a tremendous way to bet pitchers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of betting it. like first fives in that. I think it's an absolutely incredible bet, and it's just not developed in our Nevada market because nobody offers it until the playoffs. Even, even you know, Caesars William Hill doesn't offer it. So, but, but I love it. I mean, you had such an advantage here. I think 
you know, I thought Joe Ryan, I would have bet him anything under 12. I didn't know, and then they said on the telecast he was only ever going to go two. Yeah, I mean, which is which we could have a whole long discussion on separately than this with that theory. Indeed, uh, Mike. I know you got a radio show to do at the top of the hour. You and I will speak again at four thirty my time, two two thirty Pacific on the hook part of Iowa everywhere. Thank you, Mike Palm, Circus Sports Iowa, and now Illinois. Um, have a great rest of your day, Mike. Talk to you later on. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your week. Yep, you the same. Take care, Mike Palm, VP of Operations at Circa. Uh, that's where Trent and I do most of our business. Absolutely, whether it yeah. be exactas or got beat last or... night on Ranger Suarez. Though I had him under fourteen and a half outs, he got through five. Did he barely yeah. on that one too? Yeah. That, that's a, interesting that they don't offer that in Nevada. Yeah. So you knew going in that Joe Ryan was two innings regardless. Well, I thought maybe three, but, but yeah. that's still nine. The number, I'm looking at it right here. I got it. I, the best price that I got was Bet Rivers. And we talk about this. Circle will tell you this. Shop around. Shop for the best number. Yeah. I got Joe Ryan at under 14 and a half outs at minus 125. There was no way he was getting through five. No way. He could have been cruising with a no hitter. I don't think he would have went through five. I, I really don't. Yeah, that was never the plan. That was not the plan. That was not what they were going to do. And sure enough, two innings, six outs. Boom. That was free money. Elder. Uh, with the Braves two games ago, yeah, his over under was eleven and a half. He, he went eight. It just this is a prop. I think if you're looking for something a little bit different, study this. Well, I'm just I was just going to say if you read the if you read the the pregame story, mm-hmm. I mean, Baldelli didn't hide this information. No, no, this was not some kind of shock. I was shocked that the number was that high on Ryan. I thought it'd be probably that eleven and a half number that Ryan. we see quite a bit for when you're anticipating a bullpen game. Hmm. We'll take a time out, come back, finish the hour. Bama Bob Trent and I will talk college football to start it. Tom Kakert covers Iowa. He'll join us before he heads to Madison. Our picks of the week coming up before we get out of here at 1. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. State agent with the Misty Silvich Home Selling Team. Five minutes before noon. Welcome back. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Short segment. I guess we'd probably remind our Claxons winners uh, mm-hmm. one more time that uh, uh, if you have one of those certificates lying around the house and you've been just, for whatever reason, uh, been unable to get to Altoona to redeem it, uh, you better this weekend because Claxons is closing their doors after 28 years. Uh, when uh, official close of business on Sunday, that is the end of an era. In Altoona, as far as serving up barbecue. So get to Claxons, get to Altoona this weekend if you have uh, plans on redeeming that coupon as they will go out of business at the close of business on Sunday. But going forward, uh, we do have a new sponsor. So starting next Thursday, the Chicken Coop, three locations throughout Central Iowa. Uh, the uh, first prize in our weekly contest will be a $40 gift certificate. The runner-up gets 20 wings, which is a pretty damn nice yes, prize. Thank you, Dave, one. and your staff over at all three of the Chicken Coops. West Des Moines. Uh, what do they call the one? Is it Waukee? It's not Waukee. What's the one? Urbandale. Urbandale. Urban, that's yep. Urbandale. And of course, in Ankeny, right across uh, just south of the DMAC campus. So, Chicken Coop is coming aboard. We appreciate that. But again, redeem your coupons if you have a Claxon certificate uh, that has not yet, yet been redeemed. Real quick, in 30 seconds, mm-hmm. we're going to break a couple of minutes early. Bears, Vikings this weekend, your take? Uh, I think that's going to be part of my picks. Oh, then you may, I don't want your take. Yeah, I, 
I wonder where the Vikings are. With Jefferson shutting it down, mm-hmm. Addison banged up. The Cousins have to answer questions about will you trade your no, or waive your uh, no trade? What were you doing at the Twins game with the family? Oh yeah, was that a story? Of really? course it was because it's it's, it's God a Tuesday's forbid. an off day for God's sakes. <laughs> you know what it's like though. Your team's not playing well. You're looking but for if, something. If you watch the Peyton Man, what's it called? Quarterback. Is there anybody that spends more time on their craft right. than Kirk Cousins? Nope. You can't find Sorry. three hours to take your two young boys to a baseball game? God forbid. He should be studying tape. <laughs> oh, my. Hour two coming up next. Bama Bob kicks it off. You're listening to Des Moines Sports Station. This is Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO.